0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. Well, I want to look in Malachi today. And considering everything that's going on in Israel, you may look and see all the horrors that the terrorists have done against innocent people. And we might wonder, where is the justice? Where is the justice? I think of a criminal case that happened in Texas about 10 years ago, where probably the great, one of the greatest miscarriages of justice happened. In 2013, there was a 16 year old Texas teen coming from a rich family who got behind the wheel of a vehicle. He was was very drunk when he got behind the the, the wheel of the vehicle and he mowed down four pedestrians, killing them. The state was seeking the maximum that they could get at that time, 20 years in state custody because it was a heinous crime and they had ample evidence that he had perpetrated the crime. However, based on the testimony of a psychologist The judge sentenced the teen to probation with some rehabilitation. The teen came from a wealthy family, and uh, the psychologist testified that this teen suffered from affluenza. Never heard that before, have you? Neither had anybody else. It's definitely not a recognized diagnosis of the American Psychiatric Association, but what the psychologist indicated is that due to the teen's privileged upbringing, due to his affluence, and I guess you could read between the lines there because he was a rich, spoiled brat, because he, of his affluence, he had no ability to discern right from wrong And his upbringing of wealth and privilege taught him that there were no consequences for bad behavior and the judge bought it and gave him that light sentence. And obviously there was an uproar for everything that had happened. I mean, he kills four people, all he gets is probation and his rich parents can send him to some swanky place that calls itself a rehabilitation facility. Where is the justice in that? And there are a lot of times we can look at the different things that are going on in the world and we wonder where is the justice? We like, to, we like to sit down and look at the situation with the small amount of information that we have and we like to be judge, jury and executioner. And sometimes we even sit in judgment of God because we don't think that God is moving fast enough. He isn't meeting out justice as we think that he should. But the funny thing is, is that we never consider that, you know, we think that God should judge and bring justice upon somebody else. But did we ever stop to think that maybe there's ample reason for God to exact justice on us? I mean, we're fine with God going after everybody else that we judge. Somehow we think we're exempt, but we have to be careful what we ask for. There's no doubt that God is a God of justice and he will bring justice. He will demonstrate his justice and he has demonstrated his justice. His justice will come, but we have to remember that God exacts his justice in his time and in his way. And so what we wanna take away from today's passage is that when we question the injustice of what we see in this world, we need to remember God already has demonstrated his justice. He will demonstrate his justice in the future as well. So let's never forget, our God truly is a God of justice. And I wanna read Malachi, beginning in chapter two, verse 17, which is the last verse of that, that chapter, going on into ver- chapter three. Remember, verses and chapters were not inspired. Somebody added that later, so sometimes things didn't cut off the way they should. So I'm gonna read from Malachi 2.17 to 3.6, if you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read this passage. God through the prophet said, you have wearied the Lord with your words. But you say, how have I wearied him? Because you say everyone who does evil is good in the Lord's opinion and he delights in them or where is the God of justice? I'm about to send my messenger who will clear the way before me. Indeed, the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant whom you long for is certainly coming says the lord of heaven's armies who can endure the day of his coming who can keep standing when he appears for he will be like a refiner's fire like a launderer's soap he will act like a refiner and purifier of silver and will cleanse the levites and refine them like gold and silver then they will offer the lord a proper offering the offerings of judah and jerusalem will be pleasing to the lord as in former times and as in years past I will come to you in judgment. I will be quick to testify against those who practice divination, those who commit adultery, those who break promises, those who exploit workers, widows, and orphans, who refuse to help resident foreigners, and in this way show that they do not fear me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But since I, the Lord, do not go back on my promises, you, sons of Jacob, have not perished. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, we humans are frail and we question a lot of things. We do not understand your ways that are so much higher, your thoughts that are so much higher. But may we trust in you that you will bring justice in your way, in your time, as you see fit. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. So Malachi is writing during a time when the Jews have seen God's faithfulness in bringing them back to the land after they had been taken into captivity. And yet, even though they saw God's faithfulness in bringing them back to the land, that wasn't enough for them, and so they did not have a full devotion to God. They were apathetic. They were lukewarm. They were indifferent to God, and they gave a whole lot of excuses as to why they felt that way toward God, but none of those reasons held up to scrutiny. God uses Malachi the prophet to confront them with these wrong attitudes and and to confront them with this faulty thinking that they have. And in this particular passage, it all has to do with God's justice. There's just a few things that we want to talk about today, looking in this passage. First today, we want to consider the misgivings about God's justice. The misgivings that they had about God's justice. And so God begins this particular dispute because the book of Malachi is broken up into several disputes that God has with his people, and he begins in verse 17 of chapter 2, saying that the the people have wearied him with their words. They've wearied God with their constant complaining. They've wearied God with their constant talking from a place of ignorance. He's just sick and tired of the junk that's coming out of their mouths. Have you ever gotten sick and tired of someone who's just kindly spouting off stuff and they have no clue what in the world that they're talking about and they just throw out all these crazy ideas that have no basis, and, and, but they just keep talking like they know what they're talking about, even though they don't. And you're just thinking, oh, please stop, I have a headache. Don't point, stop pointing at people now. This is where God's at, he's like, just stop. Just stop talking, stop your complaining. And then Malachi puts words into the people's mouth as if they're feigning ignorance, I mean, what do you mean? How have we worried you? I mean, we've not, we, we haven't done anything wrong, things like that. So God tells him, this, this is why. Because you accuse me of injustice. The, see, the people were going around that, thinking that, okay, so God isn't zapping the people that they think God should zap, right? They're thinking, look, look at these people over here. Why, why isn't God zapping them? They, they des- I'm not pointing at you specifically, by the way, over here. I don't know, some of you, but you know, he, he's, he's saying, well, why, are, why isn't God zapping these people that we think should be zapped? And, and so they were saying, well, if God's not zapping the people we think should be zapped, that somehow means that God thinks that these evil people are good, that God is taking delight in them. I mean, right? They're saying, this is what they, the, the accusation in verse 17, they're saying that God must love evil people you know, you probably can read between the lines and thinking that they're talking about the Gentile oppressors that are over them. God isn't zapping our oppressors. So God is unjust. Where is the God of justice? They, they question God's character. They question who God was. I mean, this God of justice, he must not exist. Because if he existed, there'd be justice the way we think it should be done. And so because they didn't think God was doing justice the way that it should be done, It gave them an excuse to be indifferent toward God. Well, God's not doing what I think he should do. So, you know, I'll just kind of be lukewarm toward him. I'll be kind of slack in my commitment toward God and his law and his word and and, and everything. You know, uh, do we not sometimes feel the same way if God doesn't do justice my way? I mean, it's not justice at all. But again, you have to consider that justice is a double-edged sword. It swings both ways if you want god to give swift justice to those who you think deserve swift justice just remember the sword goes the other way as well it's going to come right back on you i mean nobody ever actually thinks about god's justice toward them you know the jews didn't think about god's justice toward them because of their indifference you're being indifferent toward me. You're, you, I, I brought you back out of captivity. I sent you into captivity because of your disobedience. I brought you back from captivity. What's changed? They had not learned their lesson, but they were wanting justice for them, other people, and not justice for us. And so when we talk about God's justice, we need to do a whole lot of soul searching before we begin accusing God about you know any misgivings that we have about his justice before we start throwing around baseless, baseless accusations. Because our God is a God of justice, you don't have to worry about that. He will act in his time, in his way. He will bring justice. But you also have to consider yourself. No, you may not have done the heinous things that have been, other people have done in this world. But that does not mean you have been completely obedient toward God. And so remember, when, you are, when you're looking at the speck in other people's eyes, don't forget the log in yours. Right? So that was the misgivings that they had. And so he answered their complaints by saying that he was gonna send some people, and so this is our second point for today, he was gonna send them the messengers of God's justice. In verse one, in verse 1, God says that the messengers of justice, you know, that, that they're, they're, they're looking for these messengers of justice. Lord, send us some people of justice. All right, they're going to be coming. And there, there's an interesting play on words here. Because now we know that the prophet who wrote this book, his name is Malachi. Well, in Hebrew, the, the name Malachi, the word Malachi means my messenger, And so through Malachi, my messenger, he says in verse one, I'm about to send my messenger. Literally, I'm going to send Malachi. But it's not talking about Malachi, the author. It's talking about somebody else, someone who is going to be sent in the future, who would, I mean, have a similar role as Malachi, the author, but it would be someone who would have a special message that would prepare the people for the Lord's coming, that would clear the way for the Lord's coming. And so this other, my messenger would clear the way. And then he tells them that the Lord you're seeking is going to come. The Lord you're seeking is going to come to the temple. And then it goes to talk about another messenger, the messenger of the covenant whom they long for, but that's a parallelism there. The Lord that they are seeking to come to the temple is the messenger of the covenant, but that messenger is different than the other messengers. So you have Malachi the messenger talking about another messenger who's gonna come in the future and prepare the way for the messenger of the covenant, the one who is gonna usher in a new covenant for God's people, the one who would give the answer to justice. He would come and there would be messengers laying the way. Now from our standpoint in history, it's pretty easy to put the puzzle together, who they're talking about, because there's a messenger that would clear the way. Malachi 4.5 goes on to say that this messenger is gonna be Elijah, the prophet. Now in Mark chapter one and verses two through four and elsewhere in in the gospels, it's declared that John the Baptist is the messenger preparing the way for the Lord. And Jesus said in Matthew 11 verses 13 and 14 that John the Baptist is the Elijah to come. They weren't looking for the literal Elijah, but someone who was coming in the same power, the same spirit, the same ministry as Elijah the prophet. And so the messenger was clearing the way for the Lord to come to his temple and this Lord would be the messenger of a covenant. Now, the Jews knew this referred to the Messiah. Well, obviously, if the first, my messenger clearing the way is John the Baptist, the messenger of the covenant is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Lord who came to the temple. He came to his people. He was rejected by his people. But when he came, he ushered in a new and everlasting covenant through his death, burial, and resurrection. Though Jesus is through his person, Through his actions, uh, he brought forth the final covenant that God would make with humanity. It's through Jesus that the final covenant comes. All who believe in him have everlasting life. And it's through the covenant that, that Jesus would bring where God's justice would find its satisfaction. It's through Jesus where satisfaction of justice would be found, where God's justice will be worked out, but how, how would it be worked out? Well, let's consider the third point of what we find in, in, in the passage today. Let's talk about the ministry of God's justice. How would he minister God's justice? So the, the messenger of the covenant from the perspective of the Jews back then was going to come, was gonna bring God's justice. I mean, it's gonna be what they were asking for, but Malachi says, yeah, it's probably not gonna be in the way you're thinking. He, he asks them, who can endure the day of his coming? Who can keep standing when he appears? I mean, he's warning them. Yeah, the justice that God brings is not what you think it's gonna be. Oh, justice is gonna come, but it's not gonna be what you think, what you're expecting. And so then it goes on to describe the ministry of the Messiah, the messenger, the messenger of the covenant. And we find that God's justice is gonna happen in one of two ways. First, there's gonna be a justice that leads to cleansing. In verses two and three, it says that he's going to bring about a work like a refiner's fire, like a launderer's soap. So this is a picture of cleansing. A launderer's soap will get the dirt out of of garments. The refiner's fire you know, is a process of burning metal and getting the impurities out so that you have just a pure, valuable metal, gold, silver, uh, and making it as valuable as possible. And, And so, God through Malachi is saying, "Okay, this messenger of the covenant is going to come, and he's going to bring life into people. He's going to bring cleansing. He's going to be bring cleansing into the life of people. In fact, it, it says he like Levi is going to be cleansed and is going to be able to bring a proper offening. But it, you know, it's looking toward the future from their perspective. It would. It's talking about a time when people would be worshiping God in a way that's pleasing to God, be worshiping God in spirit and truth. The messenger of God would cleanse the people so that they could live and worship God in a way that pleases him. But what does it have to do with God's justice? Well, the way in which the cleansing is going to be brought brought forth. God is saying that this is one way in which my justice is going to be satisfied, is going to be meted out. When the just justice i guess we could say the just judgment against sin would be placed on another because god has to judge sin in everyone the only way that someone is going to be clean before god like a refined metal like a laundered cloth is to have the stain of sin removed as god said elsewhere even though humanity's sins are like scarlet, they can be made white as snow, though they're red like crimson, they're gonna be made as white as wool. But that only happens when God's justice is satisfied in another way. And so here's what the people of Malachi's day did not consider. Yes, God is a God of justice, but he is also a God of mercy. He can't ignore his justice. Justice must be served and will be served. But he also wanted to make peace with humanity. And humanity is very corrupted by sin. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Humanity is depraved. And yet God says, I'm going to make a way for depraved humanity to be cleansed, to be made whole. I mean, the people, sure, you know, the people in Malachi's day, they're fine with that as long as the mercy is shown to them. Yeah, I, I'm, look, I'm good with mercy coming to me. But man, it's a whole other thing if God shows mercy to the person I think that God should zap. Right? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I, want, I want mercy all day long. But I still think that that person ought to be zapped. That's our form of justice. But God said, "Here's another way of justice. This is a this is way my justice is going to be displayed. The messenger of the covenant is going to come, and he is going to satisfy God's justice so that he can extend mercy. He will cleanse to make sure that they are pure and and make them make them acceptable to God I mean I'm not going to ignore my justice so if my justice doesn't fall on these who are shown mercy my justice has to go somewhere and we know that's in Jesus Christ when Jesus died on the cross he met the demands of God's justice justice has to be served. Where is God's justice, they ask? It's at the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where God's justice is God poured out his justice on Jesus Christ, and everyone who believes upon him is cleansed. Everyone is made clean. I mean, we're still in the flesh, and so we might still feel you know dirty and whatever, but you know what? In God's eyes, in Christ, we are made clean. And so that's one way that this messenger of the covenant was going to come and bring justice. He put justice on himself so that he could extend mercy to those who would believe. But then God says, you know, there's other ways of justice as well. I mean, God can't just wink at sin. God can't just ignore sin. God poured his justice on Jesus Christ. And so, you know, we might say, as far as the passage is concerned, verses 2 through 4, they, they, it gives a wonderful description of, of, the ju- of the mercy that's available to humanity. It's talking about Christ's first coming. But there is another way of justice. I said, justice is going to come in one of two ways. If you if the justice due you is not covered by Jesus Christ, guess where it falls? Consider what it says in verse five. I will come to you in judgment. I will be quick to testify to those who practice divination, those who commit adultery, those who break promises, those who exploit workers, widows and orphans, and who refuse to help resident foreigners, and in this way show that that they do not fear me, says the Lord of uh, of heaven's armies. See, for for those who die without their justice having fallen on Christ, the justice that is due them is falling on them. And you know, God, God lists a whole, here in, in verse five, lists a whole bunch of different ways that God's law could be broken. We know there's a whole lot more ways that it, that it could. You know, sorcery, exploiting the vulnerable, and thing, it says things like that. There's a whole lot more ways to break God's law, but the, these probably were very specific to things going on in Malachi's day. Some societal issues they probably had, but, but every human is a lawbreaker and therefore every human is an object of justice. And if the justice that is due you is not placed on Jesus Christ, the justice that is due you is gonna fall on you. It's gonna fall on your own head. So God in essence says to the Jews and by extension to us, you don't have to worry about my justice. I'm gonna take care of my justice. You need to worry on whether or not you're the object of my justice. And the time is short have God's justice appeased in Jesus Christ. Because if you die without Christ, you will be judged and found wanting. If you are in Christ, you are cleansed. You have eternal life. In Christ, there is life and light and peace and hope and joy. But outside of Christ is nothing but justice. Nothing but justice. And we are told there's gonna come a day when Christ returns and it's no longer the time of mercy. He's gonna sit on his throne in judgment and he is going to give out justice. You want justice? It's coming. Listen to the description given in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. Then I saw a large white throne, and the one who was seated on it, the earth and the heaven fled from his presence, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. Then books were opened, and another book was opened, the book of life. So the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to their deeds. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each one was judged according to his deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, that person was thrown into the lake of fire. On the day of judgment, if your name is in the book of life, that means you've trusted in Jesus Christ. You want your name in the book of life? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, be born again. And if your name is written in the book of life, there's nothing but mercy and grace, but if your name is not in the book of life, you have nothing to look forward to except the lake of fire, and the lake of fire is where God's justice is handed out for all of eternity. God's justice, so where is the God of justice? He was at the cross of Jesus Christ, but where else is the God of justice? He is giving out his justice on the wicked and unbelieving in hell. God's justice is coming. God's justice is gonna be at peace. If you're in Christ, you need to be praising him all day long because the justice due you is not gonna fall on you. It fell on Christ. You know, people demand justice of God not understanding what justice means. And Jesus is the only means of escape. But quickly, we want to finish with a great promise. The, my fourth point, the great promise in verse 6, it's the maintaining of God's justice because God's, God says, and I'll read from the ESV, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Or as uh, the NET and others say, I do not go back on my promises. The great promise is that God will always be a God of justice. You never have to worry about justice when it comes to God. You also never have to worry about his love. God will always be the God of love through Jesus Christ. I mean, the American judicial system is not perfect. And when you look at some judges, some just depending on I guess what's going on that day, some are lenient, you know, they might be lenient in one situation and then they might be really tough in another situation. It's, It's hard for a mere human being to be consistent. I mean, you think of the judge, from that case in the rich boy in Texas I was talking about. You know, giving probation to someone who killed four people and that same judge probably sent a thief who, who shoplifted to jail or, or, you know, something like that. It's hard for humans to be consistent in their judgments, not with God. God is consistent. You never have to worry about God's consistency. He maintains perfect justice. God does not change. God has not changed in the 2,400 or so years since Malachi was written. God has not changed since the 2,000 years when Christ was on this earth. God's law remains constant. His commitment to his law remains constant. His justice against lawbreakers remains constant. But thankfully, his mercy and grace also remains constant. God does not change. Never. Never. He made promises to the nation of Israel and he kept them. He makes eternal promises to his children in Jesus Christ. He's going to keep those. He is going to be the only consistent and perfect judge. And he will give justice what is deserved. The terrorists, they will get their justice. But the nice atheist who has never believed in Christ, he's a lawbreaker too. He will get his justice as well. The nice neighbor who, who is in a cult, but they're the nicest people on the face of this earth that you know, they're not in Christ. They're gonna get their justice. But God extends mercy in Christ. I'll close with this thought. There, there's before the days of, of cell phones taking pictures, there was a young lady walking through the park and after work and there was a guy taking Polaroid pictures just for anyone. Who wanted here? Give me a dollar, I'll take a Polaroid picture of you or whatever, so she did. She was excited and as she was walking out of the park, she looked at the Polaroid picture and she did not like it one, one bit. She, she went back to the cameraman and she said, I mean, this picture is not right. It doesn't do me any justice. And the photographer looked at the picture and then looked at her and said, ma'am, you don't need justice, you need mercy. <laughs> and guess what, y'all? We, we, don't, we don't need justice, we need mercy. And mercy is given. Where is the God of justice? He was at the cross of Jesus Christ. If you have been cleansed by, the cri- by Christ at the cross, come to the altar today and praise His holy name and pray for those who you know need that same mercy. Come to the altar today and pray for Israel. Pray that, that for those who are, are still in the grasp of terrorists, that they would be set free, that, that God's comfort and peace would come upon a nation. Pray for the salvation of the Jews. Pray that they would come to know their Messiah. If you haven't, if you haven't trusted in Christ, if, if God's justice is still on you because it hasn't been placed on Christ because you haven't believed in Christ, come forward today and put, I'll be down here, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Because God is a God of love and mercy. He's also the God of the lake of fire. You're gonna You're gonna get justice. But where is justice going to lie? Is it going to lie on you or is it going to lie on Jesus Christ? Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at kidsquest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 AM. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.